Hey, darling. Welcome to the She's a Creative podcast. Are you a female creative who wants to own your purpose and dominate your creative business? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm Kay, your host and guide to help you on your way to creative freedom and success. Hey, boo. Hey. So I'm so excited. Today, y'all, I got a treat. Okay, we have Natasha Tom on the podcast. She is a Canadian businesswoman who is the founder of Clearwater Events, a sustainable events company. Now, let me tell y'all about Natasha. Like, this girl has a whole story, honey. Okay, she was <laughs> diagnosed with stage four cancer due to a tumor on the side of her tongue, but she did not let that hold her back. So, today, we're going to be chatting about how to harness your power and rise. Natasha knows all about stepping into your zone of genius, even when everything around you is trying to hold you back. I couldn't be more honored to have this conversation with her y'all if she can do it anybody can there's no excuses today so thank you so much for coming on the show how are you natasha thank you so much for having me i'm well caffeinated and ready to go yes for the caffeine (laughs) let's do this let's do this so really quick i know i kind of gave you a little bit of intro but it's just because i'm extra i would love you (laughs) to tell us a little bit about yourself (laughs) about you and your story i mean you're interested your intro is fantastic. Thank you so much. So, um, Kay did a really good job at introducing me, but um, I've been born and raised in Vancouver on the beautiful West Coast. Um, I come from a very traditional Chinese family, um, the youngest of four kids and the only girl. Um, so we'll dive into this a little bit more, um, but I was diagnosed with stage four tongue cancer um, the summer before I turned 19. Um, And it was the first case in BC as a female in my age group. So the prognosis and the journey around my diagnosis was really interesting. And um, we can dive a little bit more into that. Um, Now I am the owner and lead planner of Clearwater Events. Um, Our bread and butter is community. We love doing charity fundraisers, galas, walks, things like that. Um, And then we do weddings by referral. Um, but my jam really is sustainable events and how we can create a sustainable future that's accessible to everyone. I love that. I love that. And we're definitely going to touch on like what you do with your, um, with your company, because I would really love to dig, dig in a little bit more about the whole sustainably, um, Laura, I can't talk y'all. Y'all know how I am. And I'm not going to redo that. So, <laughs> so, but I would love to dive more into the sustainable event thing, because I think that that's something very, like a very important conversation we need to have. But I really want to talk um, just really quick about your strength. Um, I, I read about your story and I know that you went through um, depression when you were learning how to um, talk, like how to, how to relearn how to use your mouth. And so, um, you know, I would really love to just talk about like, how have you been able to like harness your power and how have you been able to push and like rise in your purpose? Cause I feel like based off your story, which I think you'll dig into a little bit more, I see how you've kind of made a switch from, you know, what you were doing before to now doing sustainable events. And so I would love to like kind of dig more into that. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is I was actually an, very much an introvert growing up. Um, coming from a very traditional Chinese family, I was very sheltered and had a very strict schedule. Um, so now as I sort of came out of my shell and started talking more, when I was diagnosed, it was really challenging because not only could I not speak, I um, had to relearn how to use muscles in my arm again too. So I really couldn't write to communicate. I couldn't couldn't talk. Um, And it was really, really challenging just not being able to share how I was feeling or vocalize anything. And so I was in depression for 
at least the first couple of weeks I was in hospital. And I just remember this one nurse, this lovely, like middle-aged nurse came up to me and was like, Natasha, you need to get your together. You're the only oh. one that's going to define this journey. And if you want to make it, you have a 50-50 shot. If you want to make it, you need to pull yourself together and start making it happen. And so, you know, sometimes you just need a crack in the butt and that's, you just need to make it happen. And that was the push I needed. Um, and so after that, it was really about like embracing that resilience and that strength. And so now you just get a fit of giggles all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's so funny because you said something that I don't, I hope people caught, but um, that nurse said to you that you have a 50-50 chance of making it. But like, that's life. Like that's in any part of life. We have a 50-50 chance of making it. We have a 50-50 chance of something being successful. But if we don't get our stuff together, if we don't just act and just move, if we don't try, we'll never see that. So I think that was such a powerful, like, even though like on one note, it's like, look, lady, like I'm sick. Like I'm not doing well, you know, like, or, and you know, people make excuses in their life about everything, you know, like, oh, I'm tired or, oh, I have kids. Like there's so many excuses that you can make. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, if you're serious about making something work or making a change in your life, you just have to get your ish together. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. So tell us more, like, how did you cope? with like your diagnosis and and like what kind of pulled you through that whole time because I know you said you were in hospital for two weeks and stuff so like what kind of pulled you through all that so from my diagnosis to when I was in hospital was probably about five weeks and I was actually in hospital for a total of a month so I was in a coma induced coma for about three or four days because I was in so much pain and they couldn't get my complications under control and so the backstory of that was my family. Um, I actually had to tell my family that I was diagnosed. My doctors didn't do that for me. So when I told my parents, it was this conversation, I would like to say, but I just saw their eyes glaze over and I saw their body sort of depart from their physical beings, if that makes sense. Um, and I knew that this journey was my own. And so not having my family's support, um, meant that I had to rely on myself and then my friend seconds. Um, but being diagnosed at 18, my friends were younger than I was. And so that was a big ask. And so I think part of where my resilience and my strength comes from is I really didn't have anyone. And that's not a pity story. That's not my sob story. That's just my life. And so I think this independence has resulted from that because I knew that I was the one that defined my own journey and my own path and I need to define that strength and power within in order to make it. Wow, I can't imagine having to go through something like that at such a young age and then you're doing this, you know, really by yourself. And I, I think that's a true testament of like your strength is that you were able to like, like we were talking about rise, you know, through this obstacle that you went through and still come out on top. So I know you said that you really kind of relied on yourself, but was there anybody that was in your support system? Yeah. So the funny part is I was actually doing some volunteer service hours with the Canadian Cancer Society before I was diagnosed. Um, so I started with the organization about a year and a half or two years before. And then once I got diagnosed, it was this full circle moment of, 
I've been giving back so much of my time to support the cause. And then now I'm going to be on the receiving end of those services and of that community. So a huge testament to them and the work that they do because being able to lean on them for support and for answers and for guidance and for that mentorship was probably really critical for me um, being where I am today. Wow. Okay. That's really awesome. So what was the, the society again? The Canadian Cancer Society. So you do have an American version, um, but it's the national um, sort of organization for any cancer related causes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so Really quick, I know that um, we have something in common because I was also on track to be a doctor um, and oh. I, I was not feeling that. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I would love to know from you because I do know that you come from um, a traditional Chinese family. And so like, how did you find the, sw the, the strength to make the switch? Because I know they weren't really there for you through the whole process of like you going through your diagnosis, but then also you made a switch from like this track of being a doctor or a lawyer, you know, or whatever, to now being a, a creative, like you're, you're, you're creative. So you do the event planning and everything. So how did that go over well with your family? And like, how were you able to have the strength to make that switch? So I'm going to be fully transparent and honest and say I was never destined to be a lawyer or a doctor. I'm just frankly not that smart or that cool. <laughs> but, Honesty is key. I think for me, I was open to the idea of at least being in healthcare. I think that was more my jam. And so I was like, maybe I could be a nurse. Maybe I could at least work in healthcare, even administratively. So I did that for a couple of years. And it just, I felt like something was missing. I knew that I was giving an impact. It related to my past. It was a way for me to give back to the community that poured so much into me. But, you know, sometimes you just have that feeling inside where you're destined to do more or you're meant to have more impact or leave a bigger legacy and for me that's how I felt and so as I had been doing all of these events sort of on the side volunteering giving back with the Cancer Society and other local organizations I realized that events was something that I was good at I had a knack for it and people sensed that um, and so people kept referring me to do things and I had this quarter life crisis at 25 and just realized, you know, I'm not meant to work for anyone else. Like yeah. I wanted to find my own destiny and I am determined to leave my own legacy and I want to be responsible for what that journey looks like. I love and it. so basically I got up one day, walked into my boss's office and quit my corporate job. Come and the on. next day I was full time into entrepreneurship. <laughs> Yay, that's so exciting. though <laughs> I mean I'm not even like I mean I'm excited by that idea but I know there are a lot of people probably listening to this that they're just like okay Natasha's crazy no I'm gonna walk I guess that a lot it's okay <laughs> I, there's no way I'm gonna do it. so like okay so you you knew that you were interested in planning events you you had planned a few right I had I've been doing it for a number of years before that okay so what was the push that made you say like today's the day that I'm gonna go in there and quit <laughs> So I had put in um, a proposal for a gig. Um, there was a two and a half month fundraiser to plan basically a thousand person conference for youth students um, embracing entrepreneurship. And I ended up getting this gig. And so the contingent for me accepting it was that I quit my job and start the next day with them. And so 
a lot of it was precipitated by this organization. But again, I think much like my cancer journey where I was told you need to get your crap together, this was that push I needed um, to fully step into being a business owner and seeing what I could create on my own. So with this um, job that you took, was that something that became like a full-time income for you? Like it, it afforded yes. Okay, nice. Okay, so I like that because I think so often a lot of people um, that I've noticed in my community, they get advice to, you know, quit your job, you know, because you need to focus on your business and stuff. But sometimes it's not that realistic to do that. But I like how, you know, you had that push because you had an actual opportunity that was able to support you. Like you shouldn't quit your job if there's nothing supporting you. And so I oh, like how, yeah. yeah, like, you know, some people are like, oh, just quit your job. I'm just like, girl, don't quit your job because it's hard. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, so, okay, that's, I mean, I think that's so awesome. So that's what really lets you like go full force into having your business. Mm-hmm. And that was about a year and a half ago. I haven't looked back since full time. Wow. That is awesome. Congratulations. A year and a Thank half. You. I think I'm a year and a half in too, actually. That's awesome. Look at us twinsies today. <laughs> I know. So, okay. Let's talk about the sustainable events portion of it. So tell us, like, explain to us what that is. Because I'm, I'm sure some people might not know. So explain to me what sustainable events is. Sure. So sustainable events, some people think of it as zero waste. Some people think of it as X, Y, Z. For me, sustainable events aren't about being on the one side of the extreme or on this one side of the spectrum. For me, it's about making this sustainable future accessible for everyone. So I really try and appreciate and acknowledge where my clients are in that journey, but also educate them and help them ask the right questions so that they can move a couple steps further down. So maybe you're dealing with a florist and you ask, um, can we donate my flowers after? Can we not use floral foam? For caterers, maybe you're asking, what are you doing with food waste? Um, can I take this food to go after my event? And so it's really trying to like educate and support those couples with resources and things um, so that they feel empowered to make those decisions towards lighter living. So that sounds really awesome. Okay, I have never thought about like the waste. So especially like when it comes to food, because I remember my wedding, I mean, luckily, you know, we had people that took food with them, but I mean, I can only imagine how much food gets wasted at events or how much, um, you know, of like flowers, those get wasted or just, you know, thrown you know, who knows where. So that's actually really interesting. So basically what you do is you help people kind of think about what to do with all of the waste, right? Exactly. So the stat that I like to tell people that sort of hones this in, the importance of it is on average, a typical wedding generates 400 to 600 pounds of waste. So that's throughout the planning process as well as on the days. So that's through food, florals, any paper, plastic, all of those things. And it generates tons and tons of carbon emissions. So when you think of a multi-billion dollar industry, it really puts into perspective the impact that we're having on our environment and our planet. I love how you've married a... I don't know, would this be a social cause? Mm -hmm. so I love how you've married a social cause with like reality, you know, like there's a reality, like you just said to the amount of waste that we're, that we're producing with hosting events. So, like I literally just hosted an event a, few, a couple of months ago. And I mean, I wonder how much stuff I threw away, like how much I contributed, you know, because I, I don't think about these things. So I think that's really interesting. How did you, how did you find yourself in this space of 
advising people, you know, when it came, when it comes to sustainable events. So a few years ago, I was planning this event, very large scale, and we had ordered a ton of swag. And so I was standing in our green room, literally surrounded by a mountain of boxes. Like I was standing in the middle of this room, just surrounded by boxes. And I was like, how did I get here? I, this is crazy. Um, and I decided in that moment I could either be passive about it or I could be active about it. I could be best passive and pretend that something was going to change, believe that society would change, that their mindset would change, and that they would pursue action. But I don't know that that was the case. So I decided to be active about it. And I decided basically in that moment that I was going to help create that change and inspire that movement. And so for me now, as much as it's about creating sustainable events, it's also about helping other people and empowering the community to make better choices. Um, because frankly, people want to help and people want to support. They just don't necessarily know how to do it. That's, um, that's kind of gold because I find myself often thinking like, you know, I'm doing this, like I have this business, but how can I make more of an impact, you know, for people outside of maybe just this space, you know, I feel like, okay, you're doing these sustainable events. It's not just about the event. Like you said, it's about, mm -hmm. you know, our environment, like our, our planet, you know, and I think that that's really awesome that you have brought that in. So could you give us maybe like a couple of tips or a couple of ways that we can have a sustainable event or just, you know, live a more sustainable lifestyle? Mm -hmm. So I think there's a couple of questions that you can ask. Um, we've talked about florals, we've talked about catering. Um, if you're doing printing, for example, um, I always recommend FSC certified. So that's basically the sustainable version of paper. Um, if you can choose CETA paper, even better. CETA paper, for those of you that don't know, basically means that once your event is done, you can actually replant those pieces of paper into the ground and they turn into plants. And depending on how seed paper, hmm, so we have seeds inside. Um, it's phenomenal. So seed, like a seed, S-E-E-D, mm. seeded paper. Wow, okay, that's mm -hmm. interesting. So that's my little fun tip of the day. Um, some stationers hate it because printing is a disaster sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies, industry friends, ahead of time. <laughs> um, for florals, again, no floral foam, um, but there's a ton of alternatives that you can use. So um, chicken wire is up and coming. There's also some... Um, really cool gadgets out there if you want to invest in things. Um, it's I've seen some really cool devices out there. You can research them on the interwebs. Um, catering, um, food waste, um, donating those things, but also how can you maybe support more, lo more local? So you could go vegetarian and just go farm plant-based, but if you do want meat, can you support the small local farms instead? Um, so if you're not looking at the impact sort of after the fact, you can still look at how you're meal planning before. So that is really awesome. I have a, another question that I wanted to ask. I didn't tell you this before, but in this conversation, it's made me think. I hear a lot of people complain so much about, um, you know, being healthy or, you know, saving the environment isn't, isn't cheap, you know, or like it's really expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, have you found that to actually be true? Like, do you, do you feel like it's, it's 
not well, as I don't want to say cheap. You know, I hate I hate the word cheap because I don't believe in cheap. But you know, is there a way to make it economical for people? This is literally one of the biggest stigmas and myths that we try and combat on a daily basis. So if you have all the money in the world, yes, of course you can spend a fortune on it. But there's also easy ways that you can incorporate a more sustainable or more ethical event. Um, and so we can do all those things that we've talked about before. It doesn't have to cost you a fortune. So this is where I like to have this accessible conversation. So if you're maybe in the middle of the spectrum, can you take two steps towards a more sustainable event? Um, that doesn't need to cost you an extra $10,000 if you're making the small, easy choices. It can if you want it to, um, but it doesn't have to. So if you make the right choices, if you make the smart choices, you can still have just as beautiful event as you would have before. You're just feeling better about your impact now. I like that. And I didn't mean to say cheap, y'all, because y'all know I hate that word. So we ain't doing cheap over here because that, you know, but, you know, I do. That is a common um, concern amongst people. Like it is, it's something that comes up so much. Even sometimes I have found myself, like, especially like when it comes to like eating healthy, like you said, the, the vegetarian option. And it's just like, uh, first off, I don't want just vegetables, but... <laughs> But besides that, you know, sometimes it can be, you know, a little bit more expensive maybe, but I think it's also a mindset shift in that, you know, okay, yeah, it may have cost what a dollar extra, but imagine the impact now that you're making on your body, the environment, different things like that. So I do think a lot of this stuff does kind of boil down to being a mindset shift and just, you know, don't you want to feel good about the decisions that you're making? Like, do you want to make this like a better planet, you know, for your children and all that kind of, you know, cause I mean, the rate we're going, I feel bad for them, you know, <laughs> I feel bad. So, so I think that's really important. So I'm glad that you shared that. So could you, um, this is another question I didn't tell you that I was going to ask, but I'm just mm -hmm. thinking. So for people who are, and this is kind of shifting from the sustainable events, but I think it's so important with your story because like when I first read about your story, I was just like, wow, this is so powerful to think that someone at such a young age, like you were only 18 when you got your diagnosis. And then for you to now, like I'm just now hearing that you literally went through kind of this experience by yourself, you know, trying to figure things out on your own. And I can only imagine how difficult that is. So what advice would you have for somebody that, you know, they feel like their back is against the wall. Like they feel like, okay, I'm, I'm not making it there. I don't have any options. You know, I'm afraid or, you know, they're just feeling like the lowest of the low. What, what do you wish somebody would have told, you know, 18 year old Natasha? It's a really good question. Um, as cliche as it sounds, I truly think that we're not given more than we can handle. Um, and it, I think in that moment, you may not know that you can handle it. And you may self-doubt yourself. You may doubt your capacity or your ability or that strength and resilience that's sort of built into you innately. But once you tap into it, it's a huge opportunity for growth and a huge opportunity for strength. And so deep down, just believing that you, you've got it um, and it's going to be okay. I swear things get better. And honestly, being miserable takes way too much energy. Wallowing, way too much energy. So being positive about it and like shifting that internal mindset is huge. I think um, just in like knowing you, like just talking to you these few moments and just like, you know, again, I've, I read your story like several times because when I got the email, I was like, wait, what? You know, 
because it was so it was so awe-inspiring because I think so often we take things for granted. You know, we take our health for granted. We take, you know, I mean, food is a luxury, you know, because in some places they don't have the same access to food that we do. And I just think that it's amazing how you've, how you've um, come from this place of like, I went through this experience by myself, you know, I struggled. And now like you're kind of empowering other people to, just be a better version of themselves. And I think that that's like a growth and an evolution of yourself. And so I really want to applaud you on that. Cause I mean, that's really awesome that you were able to, to do something like that. Cause I know a lot of people who, you know, they get one setback and now they can't function at life, you know, but like you said, you know, you're not giving anything that you can't handle. And if you actually act, if you actually try, you can come out of that situation. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I do want you to um, share with us how we can keep up with you. How can we like follow you? and all that stuff. Yeah, first of all, thank you. That was so generous. Before we sign up, I just thought I would share a funny story. So now I'm actually become a hardcore foodie. So now that I can eat, I'm all about embracing the food. Yes. But um, when I was in hospital, before they would discharge me, um, before I was allowed to go home, they basically needed to prove that I could intake nutrients. And so I remember I was laying in my hospital bed. So the very first meal that I got, quote unquote, in hospital, I, the food service came in and they gave me this tray of separated oats, pureed apricots, and pureed white bread. Not white, like toast. It was bread. And I just looked at the person and I was like, no, no bueno. Like, get out. If this is what my life looks like, it's not happening. <laughs> that is too, that sounds disgusting. Why would they do that? <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my Anyways, God. back to the initial question. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram, my personal channel, Natasha.tom, or my Clearwater Weddings channel. Hopefully, Kay, you can link that in the show notes. Um, you can also visit my website, clearwaterevents.org, and that'll direct you to all of the places that you could possibly desire. <laughs> And y'all, it's Natasha.tom, T-H-O-M. So you guys go follow her over there on Instagram. Okay, so now it's time for the rapid fire round. Oh. Five questions. They're so basic. Don't worry. Like, they're so basic this time. Whew. Okay. <laughs> I figured this would be like a heavy conversation, so I was like, let me lighten up. Okay. What color are your underwear? <laughs> <laughs> as boring as it sounds, as basic as it sounds, black. Oh my goodness, really? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> okay, number two, what is your favorite color? Please don't say black. My, my wardrobe would say black, but it's blue. Blue, okay, okay, I can go with that. What is a non-negotiable in your life? So something that you just like maybe can't live without or something like that. Coffee, 100%. Can someone please hurry up and invent the coffee IV so I can stay caffeinated all day long? That would be great. Coffee IV, that's hilarious. You know they have those um, where you can like go and get nutrients or something like that each week? Right? That is so crazy to me. That's so crazy. Innovation, y'all. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it, I guess. Okay. So um, what time do you wake up in the morning? So I am not a morning person, so that is a terrible question. If I have my choice, I would say noon. Yes! I think we're sisters, Natasha. If it was my team's choice, yes, it would be I'm 7 o'clock in the morning. 
okay, team, we need you guys to like let us rest because we don't want to wake up until 12. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so, girl, I don't know how many questions I asked. Anyway, I'm going to go with the last question. So the last question I ask everybody is, what does it mean to you to be a female creative or like a female entrepreneur? Oh, good question. For me, I find freedom in structure. So I like the ability to create my own schedule, to choose my own clients, to choose my own projects. And so for me, that's a huge testament of success. And to be an entrepreneur, that's like the bread and butter for me. Um, and to be able to build my own legacy and to create my own impact. I love that. I love the whole choice. I think that's why a lot of us get into this is because now we have a choice. Like you don't have to work with someone because you, you know, because they're your boss or you don't have to, you know, take on this project because, you know, maybe you don't like it. Then I, I, I love that part of being a creative. So thank you so much for sharing that. And Natasha, I have a side question. I have so many questions. I, I not, <laughs> my bad. But I know that your journey has been, you know, definitely interesting as you've had to like learn how to, like you said earlier, learn how to reuse your arm and learn how to reuse your mouth and stuff like that. Are there any things that now you're currently like struggling with maybe physically as a result of that? And how have you been able to overcome those things to still be a successful business owner? Hmm. You know, that is the golden question. <laughs> so I think for me, a huge struggle I had was that my illness was in theory invisible because nowadays people can't necessarily tell that I've been sick because I can talk. But as I was recovering, I had a really bad stutter. I had a really bad lisp. And so if I feel like I'm coming down with a cold or if my health is just, I'm feeling subpar, I can't talk. And people then get confused as to why. And then I have to go through this whole backstory of X, Y, Z, I was diagnosed, la, 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 la. So for me, that's been a really big challenge. And so I deal with that on an ongoing basis. Um, and given that I had tongue cancer, I deal with dental issues all the time. So as much as I love eating, it's still really challenging. I would say I get checkups at least every three months. Okay. So I'm still under pretty rigorous healthcare. And for me being a business owner, it's this constant battle of trying to find balance. Um, and trying to live a healthy lifestyle while still also doing what I love. I think that also though, it's like, it's like a challenge, but then it's also like, how great is it that you are an entrepreneur? Because then you have the flexibility to go get the care that you need, as opposed to like, if you're at a job, you know, I only have this many sick days or only have this many off days or, you know, mm -hmm. the doctor is never available on Saturday. Like, I don't know why they don't have, I mean, I guess there are some doctor's offices, but like my doctor was never available on Saturdays. So I always had to take a day off and it's just like, you know, that's money. So yeah, I think that I was just really curious about that question because, you know, I understand that like for anybody, we always have like these ongoing struggles and it's always interesting to see how people are navigating through that. And I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I'm always going to think to myself, like, why are you complaining? Like, you know, to myself, like, why am I complaining? You know, when there are people out there that, have risen above harder obstacles, you know, like I can only imagine if something happened to me today, like I know I have a support system, you know? And so, you know, I think that you're a true testament of like, you don't, you can do it. Like you can definitely do it. And so all people get that from this whole conversation is that you can do it. So what, give us one thing that we should leave with. 
from this whole chat. Maybe it was what I just said. I might have I might have ruined it. Oh my thunder, sister. <laughs> Rude. I know, right? I'm just extra. <laughs> yeah, so I think in a nutshell, innately you have this ability. You have the capacity to rise and to be better. And you there's always opportunities to grow. And so I think once you realize that you have that built into you already, really the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you put your mind to. You can do whatever you put your heart to. Um, it's really just a matter of if you want to be active about it or if you want to stay passive and hope that things will change eventually. Mm, yes. Do you want to be active about it or do you want to be passive and hope they change eventually? Which most likely won't happen. So I like exactly. that. That was that was drop mic moment by y'all. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> done with this. Oh my goodness, Natasha, this was such a great conversation. I so appreciate you for coming on and for sharing your story with us. Um, I really hope that people leave inspired um, and just move to take some action. I think that that's like the central message of everything that you're saying is like, hey, get your butt in action. You know, like you, there are so many reasons to be blessed and so many reasons to move forward. So like get to work. So I encourage you guys to do that. Natasha, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the She's a Creative Podcast. If you enjoyed this, let me know by sharing a review on iTunes or sending me a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and your favorite part. Go follow me on social media to get more inspiration, wisdom, and tips at She's a Creative Podcast or at Mrs. K. Hillman on Instagram. And check out the blog at She's a Creative.com. I love you, creative darling, so much. And until next time, keep building your creative dreams.